afraid of your masterminds. Don't be afraid. Hey, good Monday morning, everyone. It is Author Talk with me, Amy Russell Fard, and our lovely guest today is Joel, who's also my favorite brother-in-law at the moment. So you guys, say hey, what is up? How is everybody doing? Do you only have one brother-in-law? No, I don't. But at the moment, for the next 30 minutes, he is my favorite. (laughs) And then I I dip down immediately down to the second. Exactly. (laughs) Yeah, that's how this is going to go. But what did you guys do this weekend? Did you guys do anything fun, exciting? Anybody? I went to my first shuffleboard tournament. Oh, okay. That is and the official, like, you know, uh, Bowers ratings, blah, blah tournament. Yeah. And, um, and I won my first match. What? And it was like tight. What were they against? Six-year-olds? No. <laughs> professionals well were they guys that had been drinking beer for about two days no (laughs) (laughs) they were actually really good players thank you Uh, i don't see how i lost lost we're talking about shuffleboard right yeah Yeah. shuffleboard (laughs) let me tell you there were actually quite nice looking i was like ooh. that's where you go out to get them but then of course then you know i i got i lost the second game to the lady who played the championship playoff against dan who was my captain by the way my captain is now the the champion so we were like ea rooting for him okay so but then i in the losers bracket right you go into losers bracket you'll you know and then in the losers bracket i faced off against anthony who it was really unfair because he like is my teammate so he already knows all my freaking weaknesses Oh, that's cheating. And he like wiped the board with me. And then at the very last, you know, like second to last frame, he's like, I can't beat you 15-0, Fern. So like, he like literally let me score one point. Okay. The most interesting part about this story is how long Fern went on about it. (laughs) That tells tells you how much she loves that stuff. (laughs) All right. I'm just saying. What did yeah, you do? talking. I'm actually interested in shuffleboard. I just feel like I wouldn't be very good at it. So oh, I like you'd be good at it. You'd be good at it. It's a lot of fun. I love it. Russell, what did you do? I worked. Oh. I worked this weekend because oh. I have awful people sending me awful emails oh. about deadlines. <laughs> so I want to hear. I want to hear what the little guy with the check shirt and the hair did. I think that's me. Yeah, because you have great hair. I hate people with great hair. You know, I'm glad I'm going last because I think I I beat you guys. Uh, So me and me, we went up to Sam Houston National Forest. We found some tent sites. You know, about a group of ten of us out there just bulling out there. Uh, We were supposed to go to Enchanted Rock earlier, like in our winter break, but you know how coronavirus be. So that got canceled. So we got moved it to this last weekend. It was a lot of fun. We, uh, you know, start. We got to start a fire. We got to uh, go hike. I got like twenty five thousand steps or something. I think it was like fifteen miles in a couple of days. So I am very sore. I will be sitting in this chair this whole time. I will not be standing. Uh, <laughs> okay, you totally won. That's awesome. Because that's, that's what, what I did. I uh, really don't know about that though. I mean, that sounds like torture to me. Ah. Uh, uh, no, no, you guys, what sounds like torture is 
my children. I love them dearly. I really do. But they, they just, Meadows. I heard you had an episode with. Oh my God. Yeah. Let me tell you about the mastermind on Friday. So if you guys missed the mastermind, I feel like you guys should just join the group to see my, how I handle my children. My toddler locked me in my room and Fern has witnessed this. She's done this multiple times. <laughs> I was upset that I was not opening the door that during the mastermind, I've had to mute myself mid conversation. I'm talking about YouTube and how authors should be on it because my toddler is just banging on the door, nonstop screaming, wanting me to let her in. And that was just the beginning of my big downfall of my mastermind. So <laughs> Everyone was like, Amy, we come, we love what you have to say, but we love to laugh at, at your torture and your pain that you're going through with your kids because we've all been through it. So if you want a good laugh, I will upload this video and you can just listen to my toddler banging in the background for, I mean, a good 15 minutes. It's fabulous. Hey, I need the, I best, five, I need the best five second part of that so I can have that on a standby so I can use it on our podcast every time uh, I've made a great point and I want to tag you, I can push it and all of a sudden that appears. Okay. You know, I'll do you one better. I'll edit it for you and just send you the five minute clip. So you five second. Only five. needs to be about five seconds. Hey, you don't know. It could go on. It goes on for a long time. So I will send it to you. <laughs> it's not like an eternity, actually. <laughs> and I love her dearly, but it's like, you know, why can't you do this when nobody's on the screen and I'm just sitting there? Why no, that's, gotta... not, that's not how it works. Did you, not, did you not read the manual? Did you not notice the fine print? No, I, you know, I think I bypassed that, that whole thing. I'm pretty sure I bypassed Russell's, a, Russell's an attorney. He will tell you, you should have read the fine print. Children, oh, children come with fine print. Lots of major points are down there that you just never uh, even realize, my friend. You are telling me, but fine print and speaking of all of that, right? I should have read that to begin with. Joel, who we're about to harp on extremely because he is attending Texas A&M University and it's an Aggie. To me and Russell is gross, but we'll just give you the benefit of the doubt. But he is a pre-med student, but here is the most exciting news is he has written a book in his undergrad on top of working and doing all of these things. So take it away, Ferd. Oh, I love seeing Well, that. I just want to know, because, you know, this is the struggle, right? I mean, you know it, you're in it, right? Yeah. Um, the struggle is finding the time to write. So what are some of the tips that you might offer as far as like, how did you manage having to study and, you know, getting all your schoolwork done? And then on the top of that, you know, your life, you know, your friendships and relationships and family. And then on top of that, writing. What are some of your like, you know, time management tips that you might offer? Yeah, that's a good question. Um, so I'm just going to use analogy, get a little deep on you guys. But uh, I think it's just kind of like life is just kind of like a jar. You can put you can try filling the jar with a bunch of sand at first, but you're not going to be able to get the rocks that you want to put in, like the major things like family, friends, you know, school, whatever you have as your top priorities. So the way I kind of do it is I, you know, I put in, you know, let's say school and family and friends, right? As the rocks in there, the sand around can kind of fill it up around that and you get the time that you need to, to 
keep your writing going. So a lot of times it'd be, hey, you know, I have a couple hours here where I have nothing I need to do. I'm just going to go write and, you know, get to it. A lot of times I'll keep around a journal where if I have an idea, I'll write it down. That way later when I do get some time, I will just throw that into uh, my book. You know, you're awake for 12, 16 hours sometimes in a, with me. Um, and you can use that time wherever, however you want. You know, I think there's, you'll find time for what you need to do uh, if you just look for it. Yes, and I think that the, the, what you what you said is very true. If you really want something, you make the time. You yeah. Find it. But I think it's interesting too that you, where you're saying like, okay, I have a couple hours here, a little bit there. A lot of authors find it very hard to, to get into that zone just like that, right? You're, you're in this zone of working or whatever. And then all, you know, just, you have this time slot. So you slide into it. There's a lot of authors who find it very difficult to just kind of get into it. Um, and they find that they spend a, a lot of that time just trying to get motivated to, to do the writing. Did you find any struggle or, or did you find it was easy to just kind of switch gears and, you know, go into your writing and then, you know, shift back to whatever else you were doing. Yeah. I mean, my personality, I'm a, I'm a little squirrely. I'm a little ADD. So being able to jump between different things. No, I would never be ADD. ADD. I'm a big believer in ADD, by the way, as, as an adult, ADD is an advantage. That way you can do lots of stuff at once. Oh yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's how I'm able to juggle things, you know? Um, jumping between, you know, what I have to do in school and what I have to do with writing. So that is a little bit helpful. Um, I like, yeah, there's definitely times we're getting into the zone. It, it's, it's a struggle, not going to lie. But I think the fact that just like over time, like through the day, I'm thinking about what I want to add to the writing. And then usually I'll come, I'll start writing with kind of like a goal and purpose. So like, okay, I want to finish out this chapter or I want to get to the end of this part you know it's a lot of times writing is you're throwing up and then you're just kind of rearranging it later you know so that's a huge thing of like not that that's a part of me like I had to overcome is like not being perfectionist and what you're putting first is just working through that and like re-editing and re-editing to get it back to where you want it to be yeah okay I've got a complaint oh lord all right and that's uh, how impressive Joel is, and he's not even in medical school yet. I know. And he that what he just said to get it down and worry about the perfection later is a hard lesson, and he's already learned it. Mm -hmm. I don't like it. <laughs> hey, look, this is how Aggies are built. That's advanced <laughs> stuff, and it's very impressive, Joel. Thank you. You know. Well, and it's very true and necessary to just let the, the first draft be a vomity mess. I like that you use the word vomity because it is. It really yeah. is. This comes out. No, that's know. kind of a goofy word. No, no it's actually an adjective word. It's a goof. Fern, I need for you to ask him if uh, whether this is a shoot 'em up space, uh, science fiction, uh, what is his background? Is he a Dune guy or is this something like you in a ridiculous Star Wars thing? What's good? I mean, let's get to the meat. I want to know. Well, I happen to have read. 
I, you know, I came prepared. Some of us come prepared and I have his synopsis. And so I kind of already know a little bit about his book and it's an intriguing world that you have created with AIs and the mm -hmm. assassins and the zealots. So why don't you, for the benefit of those who didn't read the email, give us a little bit of like, what is this book about? And what is your world about? You know, what, how did you construct your world? What were your inspirations for it? Yeah. Yeah, I can explain for and those for who didn't record, do the homework. And for the record, I my my book is a little Dunish too. It's not just Star Wars. Just yeah. Like, but anyway. Yeah, I mean, I think I drew upon a lot of different science fiction things. Uh, Dune was like I read it through. Dune is very complicated, so I did like I'm not like that detail oriented, but it's really interesting. Um, kind of pulling a world where aliens aren't the main part of the science fiction world because that's a huge part in like Star Wars, Star Trek, uh, whatever you have it for science fiction. Um, I think I pull inspiration from a lot of things. So uh, Star Wars, even some video games like Halo and Mass Effect, um, just like the storylines they have from there. I'm a total Halo guy. Ah, uh, I knew we would, we would bond there. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so uh, I really enjoy actiony type writing. Um, I enjoy putting out, you know, the fights, being able to uh, have, you know, a lot of action going forward. So what the book is about is um, there, you learn at the beginning that there's this forces called the assassins who kind of learn about this weapon that uh, is on Earth. They, and it has the power to end this 2000 year war. Right, this is a huge theme that's throughout the whole book of them just like wanting to end this war uh, because it's just, you know, been dragging on for so long and they've been kind of forced to it, but they don't know what really else to do. The, their enemies are the zealots who've been constantly fighting with them. So yeah, he learns the weapon, like location on earth is this weapon, uh, at, like the prologue. And then you like cut back to our main characters who are John and Samantha these two orphan kids who really work hard to like take care of their orphanage. And it really sets up like their characters uh, at the beginning with that of like um, their flaws in what, what they are. Like you kind of learn that uh, the first chapter and then you see the assassins kind of attack and you know, they, they go after John and Samantha, like after attacking the whole city. So they're kind of forced to defend their orphanage and they learn that they actually have this power of like being able to disable the assassins, which is really weird. And they learn like their friend, Nick, who was with them, that doesn't have that power. So they learn that those two are very special. So they, they actually run away. They um, get separated. John is- uh, Don't tell they, us too detailed a book. Make us read it before we uh, know gotcha, too gotcha. much. No, I get excited. It's a battle story with- So it's a shoot 'em up. Yeah. It's a shame battle to the You team. know, I am I am one of your target uh, market because I'm reading a book like that right now because I just finished some heavy reading and I wanted to go to some light reading. So I bought uh, I'm in the middle of a uh, science fiction shoot 'em up, which is I love that stuff. So what are they fighting about? I mean, what do the assassins want and what do the zealots want? What are what are they trying to obtain? Well, so that's the whole like, and I don't know how to like explain this too much without spoiling some of the things because 
Now I want you guys to be able to read it, but it's actually very mysterious. You know, all you learn is that either side thinks the other side attacked first, you know, and they've just been locked in this for years and years and years, you know, so they don't really know exactly why they've been fighting for so many years, you know? Yeah, that's kind of cool. Like, you know, when a, a war that's been going on for so long, people don't longer know why, you know, it started. <laughs> so that's a great little thread to try to help, you know, to try to figure out as a reader, like what's really happening, you know, and is there maybe like a third party that's influencing things, which I always love it when there's these like unexpected elements that pop up. Very cool. Okay, so tell me about your monoliths because I love monoliths. So what is the deal with them? Yeah, so the whole idea um, is that there are three and basically what they do is they prevent the weapon from being used. You know, um, they're kind of like the restraining part of uh, keeping the assassins in Valdis, who's the main antagonist, away from uh, using this weapon to end the war. And they learn that John and Samantha are actually the only people who can disable it. And they learn that you kind of learn at like the first monolith that it's actually very emotion driven. So, you know, um, the first one, John is forced into his fears and that fear, you know, deactivates that monolith. The second one is Samantha's insecurities, you know? Um, and then the third one is just, they're kind of forced to do it because they fall into a trap. So, um, it really, I really like it because it gets to, it allows me to develop my characters and like their flaws really, really well. And I love that. I love books where the characters have to face some truths about themselves. You know, they're not perfect. Um, they make mistakes and then they have to face those, those uh, mistakes and overcome them. That's always a very nice and encouraging story because, you know, sometimes we feel like, oh, you know, we made this heinous mistake and it, it's over, right? We can never, never overcome it, but there's always a way if you really want to, you know, you can always come back from a mistake. So fear, insecurity, and the third one, what, what, are, what do they face in the third one? Give us a little hint. Okay. Um, so what Valdis it realizes is, you know, he's not going to get another chance to like use those fears against them or like use their flaws against them because they here already done it and they're catching on so he actually kidnaps a lot of the like all the orphanage kids and um holds them kind of like at gunpoint and you see that you know they have to make a choice uh the zealots don't want john and samantha to go because they know that the weapon will actually like will destroy a lot of their ships a lot of their fleet um so they try to stop him but john and samantha go and they um try to like they try to pull together this rescue mission to rescue the orphan kids, which they do, but, you know, then there's a twist uh, um, that Valdez had, you know, their friend Nick, and, you know, then they're forced to disable it. Well, I love that because then, you know, the evil is using their love again. Yeah. So, yeah. I what like. did you say? The evil is using their love? Yes, evil will use your love <laughs> against you. You have to. Yeah, my wife is that kind of evil. <laughs> <laughs> I totally get that. We love you, Melinda. No, but Joel, is this going to be like a one book for you? Is it a series? Do you see yourself like yourself writing mini books? I know you have med school coming up. So where do you? Kind well, of he hopes he has med school coming up, he right? <laughs> We're just 
<laughs> I'm, not, I'm trying to go to your paranoia. <laughs> oh, we're talking about my character's insecurities. We're not getting on mine, all right? Oh, okay. I prefer talking <laughs> about yours. As but, far as uh, he's an Aggie, okay? Let's—he's an Aggie. That's the yeah. point. <laughs> you know, Joe, you haven't pulled that trigger one time, but your do- your sister-in-law has hit you with that club twice. Yeah. What you say? Hey, all I gotta say is I don't have anything to defend because you know. Oh. Yeah, it's because we know. I mean, you just say it. But <laughs> uh, I w- can I change the subject Wait, no, for a second? No. He hasn't uh, answered the question. He hasn't answered the question. Is well, it takes him a long time. No, he's, well, you've been chatting the whole time. Let the man speak. Is this a series or is it a standalone? It is a series, yes. Yeah. Um, after talking with Amy, I might also put in like a small short story part just to develop some of the characters in there a bit more. But yes, the plan is to have three books. Nice. Russell, now you can take it away. Okay, everybody, we need to congratulate Fern. Uh, she has uh, become the president. Is it the president, Fern? Yep. Of the Houston Writers Guild. So congratulations, Fern. I know. I'm very excited. Today is our first board meeting. So, you know. So what's your plans for this year and this new organization that you are the president of? Well, my hope for the Houston Writers Guild is to make it literally like the hub, right? Like all the other organizations to build a coalition with other organizations Mm -hmm. so that we can really work together to help authors. Um, Because, you know, the more we work together, the stronger we're going to be and the more we can do for authors than if every single organization is doing their own thing, you know, it's gonna be, it's, it's just piecemeal. So I'm hoping to build a coalition you know, kind of get everybody together to, to bring some really great, because Houston has like the best arts community. And I think we could become literally the focal point for writers and artists in the nation. And then later the world, eventually the whole universe, because you know, that's, I, I like to think on a grand scale of world domination. Take it over. Yeah, so that's my plan. World domination, basically. Well, congratulations, Fern. I'm happy to acknowledge you on this first step toward world and global domination. Maybe you should move to Boca Chica so they can shoot shoot you up in one of the starships. I totally intend on being on one of those eventually. I just need to meet Elon Musk first so that he can give me a special discount. Right. He'll probably, he'll, they'll probably rush you on board. I don't know. I don't think they would. But you know what would be cool if I could get my book on board? Maybe not myself necessarily, but if we could sneak my book on board and then my book would be in space, that would be totally cool. See, Joel would compete with you. Joel, she actually writes uh, about, she has a intergalactic world in her series too. So that's why she's asked, uh, you gotta be careful. You don't want to tell Fern too much, she might steal something. I don't know. <laughs> what? <laughs> <laughs> the only difference is if Fern's uh, universe has dragons in it, and that's because she couldn't help herself. She had to put dragons in it. Dragons? Oh, space dragons? Yeah. She's got space, she has space dragons. They're completely plausible. Dragons 
are very likely to have actually existed on our planet, you know, uh, made them go extinct. Flown from the moon and back. Well, no, we never had space dragons here, but they do exist <laughs> out there in the, in, in the universe, let me tell you. And Fabrid has had to slay one or two out there. So he's, he's my dragon slayer. So. See, is so because she loves dragons and purple. And purple dragons are the epitome of perfection. Yeah. <laughs> nice. I, I love it. I love your dragon. Who was watching today, Amy? We had James Hill, Greg Kelso, my mom, Joel, Josh Watch. That's a big thing. Here's wow. So that's a big deal. And then we had uh, Lewis Watch, Valerie Sweeten popped on. So you guys, hey, how are y'all doing? I hope you guys have a fantastic oh, Monday wow. and a great rest of the week. I have a chatty Kathy over here. So I'm going to try to make this quick. So you guys know. <laughs> talking and she's talking everything google seo for your business and you guys being authors your website is where you want people to go <laughs> to buy your books so check us out tonight i'll drop the link down in the comments below but you're not going to want to miss it because you are a business owner if you are an author you're an entrepreneur and so this is something you need to know so that way you can sell more books so Fern Russell, I'm going to mute myself before she loses it. Do you guys have any closing statement, comments, crap that you want to give Joel about being an Aggie? Anything? I'm totally on board with everything. Fern, you go first. No, I think that it's awesome about the SEO because, you know, you, you it is a tricky little thing, but it's not as hard as it sounds. You know, you hear the word SEO and optimization of your website and stuff. And you think, oh my gosh, that's going to be so complicated. But it's actually not as complicated as you might think. And it fits in with the whole like collaboration idea. Because the more reciprocal links that you have between each other, um, the more the SEO will, will function on your behalf. So it is something that in our community where we can collaborate and, and help each other is a great thing to, to utilize. So I'm, I'm excited about your, your topic this evening, Amy. Very cool. All right, Russell. Okay. Joel, thank you for coming on. Uh, you seem to be a real cool dude. You're out camping. You're wearing a cool shirt. Out in uh, you write space shoot -em ups uh, and you're going to medical school. So you're very impressive. And thank you for coming on today. Thanks for having me. One last question for you. Do you have any doctor type stuff in your book? Like, do you have anybody like do a surgery in there or something like that? You know, funny enough, I don't really. I mean, there's like, at the beginning, there's a scene where like the parents are in the hospital, but really there's not really a medical parts on it. I think I see this as I spend so much time just like getting, you know, books thrown at my head with biology and whatnot that, you know, it's kind of my getaway. So I, I try to keep the, the parts of my life separate. I got you. That makes sense. Yeah, you can't mi mix the worlds. If you mix the worlds, the worlds will clash. Don't you know that? No, no. Yes, that's a rule. That's a, that's a, that's a George Costanza rule. No limitations. 
get limitations out of your mind. Mix and match all you want. I learn something new from you guys every Monday and I love it. But you guys, Joel, thank you so much for coming on. I know, you know, it's in between classes and stuff for you, but I'm excited about your book. I love giving you crap about being Maggie, but you know, I love you. Russell, Fern, you guys, I love you guys. You guys are awesome. So you guys, I hope everyone out there in Facebook world listening to the replay or watching has a fantastic Monday, a great week, and we will see you all next Monday. Bye, you guys. Bye, everyone.